You're listening to Church on the Park Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. message is how to serve like Jesus. How to serve like Jesus. And today we're going to be looking at eight ways to serve with the right heart. Eight ways to serve with the right heart. And we're going to start with Matthew 20, 28. But first I'm going to pray, then I'll lead you in a prayer. So Father... I'm asking that you would speak to us, that you prepare our hearts, that you would move upon us, and that we would hear your word, and these things would be built in us, and we would embody your kingdom, and we would embody who you are, Jesus. And in Jesus' name, I declare this place to be a Satan-free zone, where only your kingdom reigns here And that you would be glorified in everything. So we just plead the blood of Jesus over this place. In your precious name, amen. And if you could put your hands on your hearts, please. And pray pray this nice and loud with me. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life. In your precious name, amen. Well, this is number six. Number six in tools for sharing the good news. Interestingly enough, serving is one of the ways that we share the good news because we're representing the kingdom of God. In Matthew 20, 28, it says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Now, The theme this morning is that Jesus' example shows us how to serve God with a right heart. Jesus' example shows us how to serve God with a right heart. So how can you serve like Jesus? Like I said before, we're going to cover eight ways to serve with a right heart. In the middle of the week, at about 3 a.m. in the morning, My spirit was disturbed within me, and I couldn't sleep. So I prayed, Lord, should I just try to lay here and fall back asleep? What should I do? And he said, get up and pray. So I got up out of my bed. I put my my Ugg boots on, which were a gift from Ben and Sarah McConaughey. It was just Ben's birthday yesterday. And I put them on. I went out. You know, it's it's called. And I began to pray. And as I was praying, the Lord gave me this message to share. Now, I was planning to share something else. I was planning to continue to talk about the blessing. And we may get to that. where Holy Spirit uh, is leading us. So we may get to that in the future. But the, the Lord put this on my heart. And then in those early morning hours, while it was still dark, He took me on a study of servanthood through the New Testament. And I'm going to share the things that he was speaking to me and what came out of that journey of studying servanthood in the New Testament. Now, serving is one of those areas where the enemy tries to poison people's hearts and trip up their walk. Look at Martha and Mary And I want to turn there, Luke chapter 10, verse 41. And we see here, Martha welcomes Jesus into our home. Her, Her sister Mary is sitting at the Lord's feet, listening to Jesus' words, soaking in those words. But it says in verse 40, but Martha was distracted with all her preparations. 
Now, preparations are important, but she was getting distracted by it. And she came up to him, to Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Did you hear what she says? You see what she's bothered about? My sister has left me to do all the serving alone. Tell her to help me. I, I've heard that type of thing as a pastor. And let me just say about this message, I need this message as much as everybody because my heart has been tested over the years on the issue of serving. And I have thought just like Martha at times, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. Verse 41, but the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So it wasn't that Martha was doing the wrong thing. It was more her attitude and her heart that the enemy was trying to poison, or you could say her flesh was trying to get in there. Do you see how we can trip up in this area? Do you see how we can be bothered as we look to other people, our sisters, our brothers? How about the older brother in the prodigal son story? We'll go over there, Luke chapter 15, verse 28. Now, this is all an infographic, but I haven't had it printed yet. It's an infographic that I just made, and afterwards you can look at brisbanefire.com, and you can find it at the infographic page. But this is what it looks like. It looks, for those on the camera, it looks like very much the one on how to walk in the spirit, but just a little bit different. So it's how to serve like Jesus. And so you can check that out there. So look at the reaction of the older brother. As the father was showing amazing grace to the younger son, the older brother got upset by all this. He heard the music and the dancing. And look at verse 28. We won't read the whole story, but look at his reaction. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him. See, the brother had lost the father's heart. The father's heart is for the prodigal sons. The father's heart is for those who are coming home. And I want to share this because I believe God wants a great harvest to come into his kingdom. And God wants to use us for a great harvest. And as the people of God, we need to be focused on Jesus, discipling one another, and focused on the harvest. But here the older brother got upset because there's amazing grace. What is in my hair? <laughs> is there a fly around here? Sorry, guys. I'm not just like trying to be narcissistic or something. It's, a, it's some fly or something. <laughs> but uh, here the older brother, he's upset because the father is showing grace. And when God moves in revival and when there's a harvest, the Father is showing grace. But it's very easy for the older ones, the older brothers, the older sisters to get upset and angry. Because why is this great celebration for this person who has been squandering his wealth with uh, prostitutes and, and others? And, and food, and he's run away. Why should we be showing so much joy over him? 
but he became angry. So this is an issue of his heart. It's an issue of serving. But he became angry and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him. But he answered and said to his father, look, for so many years I have been serving you. Notice he uses the word serving. Look, for so many years I've been serving you and I've never neglected a command of yours. And yet you have never given me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you have always been with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice for this brother of yours was dead and has begun to live. He was lost and has been found. So again, notice the brother's attitude. He's angry. I've been serving you so hard all these years. And what have you done for me? He didn't realize the father's love for him. And then we know there was another parable that Anna mentioned. And that has to do with the, uh, the parable of the talents. And there was one man we know that buried his treasure. He buried his treasure. And why did he bury his treasure? Because he said, my, my master is a hard taskmaster. So why should I try to multiply the treasure? So when we have a wrong attitude toward the father, we don't see him rightly. Uh, when we have a wrong attitude towards serving, it keeps us from multiplying, it keeps us from being fruitful, it really steals from, from us. So that's why we're talking about this. It's very easy to fall into the trap of serving God with a wrong heart. The good news is that today we're going to learn how to serve God with a right heart. And the first point is this. Serve for the king's glory, not your own. Serve for the king's glory, not your own. Now, in our first verse, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, Jesus said that in response to the two brothers, the mother came, and we know the two, two brothers, the two sons of Zebedee, they wanted to be at his right hand and his left hand side in his kingdom. And of course, the other disciples got angry and they were upset about this. Why them? And how dare you ask them this? And what Jesus is teaching is, is it's not about rank. It's not about position. Those things are up to the Father, what he wants to do. It's about serving and being a servant. And Jesus is saying, I'm exemplifying that in so many words. He's saying, I'm exemplifying that. That I, I'm going to give my life as a ransom for many. And I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And that's, we're following in his footsteps. So serve for the king's glory, not your own. Lillian, share this scripture with me this week. Thank you, Lillian. And it says this, it's speaking to the servants. And it's telling them, to serve in a way not to please man, but with a sincere heart in fearing the Lord. And then it says in verse 23, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men or people. Yeah. Oh, the text. I didn't. So it's Colossians 3, verse 23. Colossians 3, verse 23 and 24. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. And then I, I started to reflect on verse 22. So I'll read 23 again. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Amen. So that's who we serve, the Lord Christ. And so we do our work heartily as to the Lord. So wherever you're working, at your job or in the church or in the community, you do it heartily unto the Lord. 
Yesterday, I was blessed. Uh, I was sitting there. We were preparing to go to Sandgate to try to get uh, fish and chips with the girls. And I was sitting there on the bench in the front. And this uh, mother, and, uh, mother and son walked by. And Anna has been uh, speaking to them. And we speak to them from time to time. But Anna has been praying for them. So the son asked for prayer. They're, Indi they're an Indian family, right? Indian? I'm pretty Arabic from Dubai. Okay, they're from Dubai. So they, they were uh, walking, and she's older now, so she's amazing how much she walks. Anna had prayed, uh, and she, the man asked for prayer that he would pass his CPA exam. And then she had asked for prayer because we're, we're, we want to serve the community, and Anna's out there talking with people. Can I pray for you? And it's, it, uh, we don't know what their faith is, but we're just going out there and serving them. So she needed prayer for health. Anyway, she, he said, oh, I came by here the other day. I just wanted to tell you I passed the CPA exam. Thank you for your prayers. I passed the CPA exam with distinctions. So we're like, thank God. And my mother's health is feeling better. She's feeling better and a good report. So that is just, there's nothing to that except we just want to serve the Lord. Just want to honor him and be an example of the kingdom in our community. What does Luke 4, 8 say? Luke 4, 8. You don't have to turn there, but I'll, I'll read it here. Jesus answered him. It is written. And this is Jesus speaking to the devil himself, bringing the word of God. Jesus answered him. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You shall worship the Lord your God and what? Serve him only. So our serving is to the Lord. And I want to make this clear. You're not here to serve me. You're not here to serve Anna. You're here to serve the Lord. And what I hope is that you're serving with me as we're serving the Lord. And even when we're serving one another, we're really serving the Lord, because only Him do we serve. So the first point in keeping a right heart when serving is serve for the King's glory, not your own. The second point is this, serve out of love, not obligation or fear. Serve out of love, not obligation or fear. Galatians 5.13 says this, For you will call to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. So how does it tell us to serve God? Through love serve one another. Through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one Word in the statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So did you hear that? The motivation for our service is love. And it's his love that he has put in our hearts. It's his love, the father's love that he has put in our hearts. And what happened in the story with the prodigal son? The older brother lost the father's love. He didn't have the father's love. We have to have more than a brotherly love for one another. Brotherly love is good, but we've got to transcend that because sometimes brotherly love is competitive. <laughs> that is if we're in the flesh. And we have to have this, the Father's love toward one another. The Father's love toward one another. And it's, we serve out of love, not obligation. What does Luke 1, 74 say? Luke chapter 1, verse 74. This is, it talks about the Messiah and why the Messiah came. And it says here, to grant us 
that we being rescued from the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear. Might serve him without fear. Now this is not talking about the fear of the Lord. This is talking about that uh, being afraid and uh, running from God and drawing back from God and feeling, oh, I got to do this because of uh, an obligation, but not out of love. But Jesus came that we would serve him without fear. So again, I want you to see that as a paradox. We need to serve him in the fear of the Lord, but without the fear of man and without fear of being afraid of God so that we run from him. How are we going? So the third thing is this. Serve filled with the Spirit. Not in your own strength or wisdom. So how do we serve God with a right heart? We serve Him by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the thing. We know those who are being filled with the Holy Spirit because they naturally want to serve because the very nature of God is to serve. The very nature of Jesus Christ is to serve, to lay His life down. But how is it possible to serve? We need to be filled with the Spirit, not our own strength and wisdom. And this brings us to Acts chapter 6, verse 1 through 6. Now, very early in the church, the church has just began in the book of Acts. Or we could say the church has begun all the way at Mount Sinai. But the New Testament church. Because Israel was a church, a congregation. But the New Testament church is starting at the book of Acts here. It's born of the power of the Spirit. But immediately there's conflict. Immediately there's some problems. And so we start reading in Acts chapter 6, verse 1. Now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, and this is what happens when there's increase, when there's growth, there's often some type of conflict as we're being stretched, we're being pulled. Uh, we have known that also over the years. And so there's this conflict going on. A complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews. And just let me, I just want to let you know we have a new complaint line. It's 555-5657. And if you have a complaint, you can call that. <laughs> now I'm joking because in the movies in America, when they say 555, there is no area code of 555. There's no 555 number. So anytime you hear them say in an American movie, 555, that means it's not a real number, it's a fake number. So the Americans may have understood that, and some of you that know the American culture. So a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily service of food. So here's an issue of serving. So the twelve summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, who may be put in charge of this task. So what was the qualifications to serve? It was to be filled with the Holy Spirit and wisdom. They had to be full of the Holy Spirit. Now, why is that? Why do you need to be full of the Holy Spirit to serve tables? Can't any in the hospitality industry? Patrick knows that well. Uh, you have all sorts of people that serve, but they're not full of the Spirit. But here is the thing. With the kingdom, it is different. Because with the kingdom, we represent Christ. And with the kingdom also, the devil wants to try to come in and attack and invade. And so to serve even the humblest tasks of, of waiting on tables... To serve in this, and uh, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And none of us is above serving. I remember coming to Australia, and there was one guy, and he said, I'm a prophet. He was a young man. He said, I'm a prophet now. I don't, serve, I don't wash dishes anymore. Well, here, here it is, you know, 22 years later, we're still cleaning the toilets. We're still washing the dishes. We're still setting up chairs. And... Gideon, when he was young, I told this story before, Gideon, when, when he was young, they asked him at school, what do your parents do? And he said, oh, my, par my parents uh, set up chairs. Because <laughs> that's what he saw us doing. 
That's what Isora's doing. There's been times where I, Anna and I set up with the babies one week old and, uh, or two weeks, and we're setting up chairs. Anna's fully pregnant, and we're carrying the keyboard. And that has been our life. That has been our life, and we are thankful. We are thankful for that. We never kind of graduate from having a servant heart. Now here, it's making it clear that even to wait on the tables, the brothers need to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. Verse 4, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. So that was what it was, their service was helping the apostles give themselves to the service of prayer and the ministry of the Word. But it doesn't mean that the apostles didn't serve in other areas. That gave them concentration in that area. Out of all of this, because of their servanthood, verse 7 says, the word of God kept on spreading. And the number of disciples continued to increase greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of priests were becoming obedient to the faith. So because of this servanthood, there was a great increase of the gospel. And because of being filled with the Spirit and having a right heart. And we even read here that one of the men that was chosen was Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. And we see in verse 8, And Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. So they were serving the tables, but they were also doing miracles, signs, and wonders, and moving in the power of God. And that's the thing. You may be serving at a table, and somebody is in need, and you can see they're sick, and you say, can I pray for you? And Stephen prayed, and that person was healed. And of course, then the, the feast gathering began to grow because God was at work. And so even in the humblest of tasks, we need to bring the power of God. I would see my pastor walking, walk around. He would walk around the church and he would pray over every chair. Praying for the people that were going to be there. And I would see him praying for each one. Going over and praying for each chair. It was something that was important. And so everything we do should be for the glory of God. We are serving, filled with the Holy Spirit, not our own strength and wisdom. What does it say in Romans 7, 6? Romans chapter 7, verse 6. Oh, here. Took me to the... Let me see. Took me to the wrong thing at first here. But now we who have been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound so that we serve in newness of the Spirit. We serve in the newness of the Spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. And then in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11, whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. Did you see that? We serve by the strength that God supplies. So being filled with the Holy Spirit gives us the power to serve. By the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And we see that focus that we're serving Him. It's about His kingdom. It's about His glory. The fourth point is this. Serve with your eyes on Jesus, not based on what others say or do. Serve with your eyes on Jesus, not based on what others say and do. And again, we go back to the two passages we were looking at first with Martha and Mary. Martha got her eyes off of Jesus and onto her sister. And all of us are going to be doing something different in the body, but it's all important. And we'll all be serving in different ways. And Mary was still in that heart of being a servant, but she was serving in a different way. 
by listening to the words of Jesus, and she would then carry out the words of Jesus. What Martha was doing was important. The issue with her was their heart. She was getting her eyes off of Jesus and on what others were doing. Are you with me here? Have you ever fell for this trap? <laughs> and we see that with the prodigal son, uh, the older brother with the prodigal son. The older brother is getting his eyes on the prodigal son and not on the father's love and grace and the power of repentance. So when we serve, we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. I share this story this week, but when Gideon was really young, how old was he? Was he two or three when we went to Chicago for the Fellowship of Christian Assemblies conference? Yeah. The Fellowship of Christian Assemblies is the organization that I've been a part of uh, since day one. And it's a group of churches, beautiful churches, beautiful people. And there was a conference and so we went to Chicago for the conference, and then we were coming from Australia. Gideon was very young. He was anywhere from, he was a toddler, right, because I know he was running around and keeping us on, on our toes. <laughs> and we were at this hotel, and one of the guest speakers was Jack Hayford. Now, Jack Hayford is the guy who did the Spirit-Filled Life Bible. Do you know this? The Spirit-Filled Life Bible. It's an important Bible. Uh, it's sold around everywhere, and he's very well known. I, I described it like, he's like Steve Jobs, but in the Christian world. And so I was, Anna was taking care of Gideon. I was late for the conference meeting. I was so tired and jet lagged. My head was down. I was just like, I just got to get to this meeting. And I go into the lift. I have my head down, and I'm not looking at anybody. I didn't even know who was in the lift with me. And then Jack Hayford says to me, uh, son, where do you serve? Because he saw a little tag on me. Son, where do you serve? And I was like, I looked up, and it's Jack Hayford. I was like, oh, I'm a, oh yeah, I, um, I'm a, yeah, I know good, good things about you. I didn't even know what I was saying. <laughs> oh, I really love your ministry or whatever. And then he asked me again, where do you serve? And I said, Australia. And he said something like, keep up the good work. And then he was going, because I was late. Usually the speaker runs late. He was running late to, to speak. And that was my encounter with Jack Hayford. But what really struck me was the words that he used. He didn't ask, you know, how big's your ministry? Or uh, what do you do? Uh, he asked, where do you serve? That word, serve. And in Hebrew... The word for serve is eved, eved. Now, what's significant about this word is it starts with the letter ayin. And ayin is the word I in Hebrew. And so you see, you start to get a picture of what servanthood is about. To be a servant is to keep your eyes on the master. And our master is Jesus. He is the Lord. He is the example. We lift up our eyes to him as his servant. We need to keep our eyes on him because people are going to do things wrong and they're going to fall short and we're going to need to show grace. Authentic serving in the kingdom will mean dying to yourself nature, a nature that craves recognition, attention, and appreciation. Servanthood is generally not esteemed by the world. It's one of the great values of Scripture, though. And in Isaiah 42, 1, we read that God calls his son, my servant. A number of years ago, and probably it's still around today, but all I kept on hearing, uh, it was, I'm a son, I'm not a servant. And everybody was preaching, I'm a son, not a servant. And, or I'm a friend of God, not a servant. And they misunderstood. That's what happens when you take a verse out of context or you start to get all worked up in what's popular teaching out there in the Christian world. And listen, if it's popular, it may not be that good. Because you see what's popular is not in accordance with Scripture. But here, everybody was saying this. And so I wrote a theological paper to present before 
a small group of pastors about that we are called to be sons and servants. But our servanthood comes out of our sonship. Our servanthood comes out of our relationship with God. So it's not sons or servants, but sons and servants. Sons and servants or daughters and servants. And brothers and sisters. Oh, see, in the scripture, and I like how you said that, Patrick, because in the scripture there's things that seem to be paradoxical, but they actually go and they're marrying together in Jesus. Jesus is our Lord. He's also our friend. He's also our brother. He's also our father. He's also one that serves us. Now, we shouldn't treat him like a servant. Do this and do that, like, a, like some type of slave of ours. But there's many times where Jesus is going to need to wash your feet. He, you're going to have to let Jesus serve you. And with Peter, he, he was upset. You know, Jesus was out there to, down there to wash his feet. He says, why are you washing my feet? I should be washing yours. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, Peter, you'll have no part with me. You'll have no fellowship with me. So we are, we need to receive, let me say it like this, we need to receive the Lord's service too in order to serve. We need to have that, the heart of a servant and the heart to receive from our Lord who is the servant of all servants. 5.5. Serve without seeking praise. How do we keep a right heart when serving? Serve without seeking praise. Look only to God for your reward. And this is something we can struggle with because, again, like I said before, we want recognition. We want to be appreciated. And let me say we should appreciate one another. We should thank one another. We should bless one another because that is the way of the kingdom. But we shouldn't seek for the thanks. We shouldn't seek for the praise. If we seem to get overlooked, we, just, we should say, well, the Father sees everything. And I'm still thankful for the person who may have overlooked me. We can't get resentful because somebody may overlook something. And it may be they haven't overlooked something, but they have a blessing in store for you. It could be that that person that you've been helping may have saved a, a bit of sum of money to bless you with. And you think, oh, they don't see me or they don't, they're not, they're not concerned. When all the time they've been saving up money to bless you and then you get in the bad attitude and it's very hard for them to bless you after that because you don't see everything that's going on with someone else and what they're doing or their heart. They could be praying for you behind the scenes. They could be doing something to bless you and you don't even realize it. So serve without seeking praise because when you seek praise or you look for your rewards from men, you get tripped up. And this is what Jesus taught us in Luke 7.10. And I have not heard many people share about this. So let me read it to you. Because in today's Christianity, we, we will think what Jesus said is, that's not Jesus, is it? Yes, it is. Let's read it here. Which of you having a servant plowing or tending sheep will say to him when he has come in from the field, come immediately and sit down to eat? But will he not say to him, prepare something for me to eat and properly clothe yourself and serve me while I eat and drink? And afterwards, you may eat and drink. He does not thank the servant because he did the things which were commanded. Does he? And verse 10. Now this is the part of where Jesus is teaching about that heart of a servant. So you too, when you do all the things which are commanded you, say, we are unworthy servants. We have done only that which we ought to have. Did you hear that? Jesus said, respond, I'm an unworthy servant. I've only done what I should have done what I ought to have done. So here's the attitude of a servant is not looking for uh, praise, but it's just serving. And I've seen this with people in the military. 
Often you would say, you know, thank you for your service. And they'll say, I just did what I was supposed to do. And this is the attitude that we have. If nobody praises us, I did what I had to do or I did what God commanded me to do. I'm an unworthy servant. To say unworthy is not very popular today. But I'm just reading the words of Jesus. That's all. You know, you can throw the stones at Jesus. <laughs> I'm joking around. Luke 17. It's Luke chapter 17, verse 7 and 10. Luke chapter 17, verses 7 through 10. I remember years ago, I was talking about servanthood. This was a long time ago. Some of my illustrations are from 15 years ago, as, as so as not to offend anybody. But I, God put on my heart to talk about servanthood. And then an older lady in the church got up in front of the congregation, and she spoke up and said, I don't need to hear about this. We're all good at this. Why are you talking about this? <laughs> she really, so I found that in my early days, it was not easy, but sometimes, because people would speak out like that, but th sometimes that happens in our heart. We might not vocally say that, but in our heart, there's all this stuff going on, and this is why this, this message is a heart check. All right, number six, we're almost finished here. Number six, serve with a good attitude and a clear conscience. Serve with a good attitude and a clear conscience. Be warm, kind, and represent Christ. Don't cross boundaries and violate trust. Romans chapter 14, verses 17 through 18. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So it's a, it's a way of serving with a good attitude, and with a clear conscience. What about 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience. So when we serve, let us do it with a good attitude, being warm and kind, representing Christ. And let's not cross boundaries with one another. Let's treat our sisters, men treat sisters as sisters with absolute purity. Same thing with women treating men with purity. There should be healthy boundaries. We should be professional. We want to be relational, but also professional. Sometimes in the church, people tend to kind of let go and think, yeah, I can act however, however I want. No, you can't. You got to be professional, upright, do everything with a clear conscience. Don't violate anyone's trust. If you're given a trust, don't violate it. So we serve God with a good attitude and a clear conscience. We should, shouldn't be rude or hurtful to one another. Seven, point seven, is serve, but also rest. Serve, but also rest. Find your rest in Jesus and take periodic breaks. We know what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So for those of us who are serving, and it should be all of us, we should be taking periodic rest. we got to make sure that we're allowing the Lord to love on us and allowing Him to care for us and having that healthy self-care in Jesus. So when we're talking about self-care in the kingdom, it's different than probably the world. They don't have, uh, they're not really looking to God. Though I believe even people in the world, God's looking after them because his reign comes on the righteous and the unrighteous. He's even caring for them and helping them. 
even though they may not recognize it. And so serve but rest. Make sure you're resting periodically, getting rest. Now I'm praying about something, but it could be in a a few weeks' time that we go on, the whole church goes on a two-week rest. And I've been praying about this uh, since for about a year, especially when COVID happened. So in the beginning of the year, we took two weeks off as a church and we rested. That was between Christmas, around after Christmas and the New Year time. Just two weeks where we stopped. And it could be in a few weeks' time. We take two weeks. Everybody rests. Then we come back, but we come back with the strength of the Lord. I'm just sending out a ping, seeing how you feel about that. Especially those who are doing hard work, we want. So the idea was there was some rest in the beginning of the year and some rest in the middle of the year so that we can, our spirits can be restored so that we can serve God with all of our heart. And the last point is this. Serve focusing on the cross. Looking to Jesus' example. This is basically how we started. We serve focusing on the cross. Looking to Jesus' example. If you look to Mark 10.45, very much like our opening scripture, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. How did he do that? He did that on the cross. He gave his life as a ransom for many on the cross. So when we're finding that our hearts are drifting and we're getting upset and angry and bothered by many things, we need to look at the cross. We're doing this unto the Lord. We're looking at his example. We're looking at the cross. Then Hebrews 12 Verse 2, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Amen. 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 Fixing our eyes on Jesus. That is the example that he set before us. And again, like I said before, it means dying to ourself and I was saying something before, but sometimes in preaching the word, people get angry with you. They don't like what you say. They throw stones at you um, with their words. And this is part of being a servant. And It wasn't right what they did to Jesus on the cross. It was not right. It was even abusive. And it was traumatic, yet Jesus was looking to his Father and he was doing it for them. Amen. And this is the attitude we have, and this is why we need to rest, because there's time where where our soul needs to repair. There's times where our soul needs to repair. So taking an hour out of the day to... Just enjoy God's presence, taking two hours, sometimes taking a half a day, sometimes taking a day. It's so important for us to continue serving, but resting with the purpose of continuing to serve, continuing to pour out our lives. Not resting out of laziness, but resting for the purpose of serving. So that's all the eight points, and you can check out the infographic on brisbanefire.com at the infographic section. 
serve for the king's glory, serve out of love, serve filled with the spirit, serve with your eyes on Jesus, serve without seeking praise, serve with a good attitude and clear conscience, serve but also rest, and lastly, serve focusing on the cross. If we can all stand, we're going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we want to thank you for your word to us. Would you help us to have the right heart, a good heart in serving, that our eyes would be fixed on you and we're doing it for your glory. Now, I thank you here because we have a church full of people who are serving in all different areas. And what I'm asking, Father, is that they would know that their reward comes from you and they would know that your eye is on them and that we all would be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, filled with the power so that we're serving, even the small task, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you have placed us in this time of history, in this place, in this city, also surrounding this city, you have placed us here for such a time as this. And the work is humbling, but it's important to you. And it's a reflection of your kingdom. Just move upon our hearts, Lord. We're about to come to the communion table to receive and remember what you have done. We also remember Daniel and Diane going out there that you'd bless them in the car and open up doors for them to share the good news. We pray for next week as we're serving a lot of people. And I feel like this message is preparing us for what you have for next week. Empower us to serve and let people turn to you and see the kingdom and see Jesus through us next week as we come together. Just mark us. Mark us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.